Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All fame, Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. When you hear the sound of the drum, we'll be saying, here we go. You ain't listening and you're missing out. The mysterious force is loose somewhere in outer space. <laughs> the mysteries of creation are there. Up in the sky? Up in the sky. The moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are coming back at you today for episode number 82. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers started the second half of the season with an encouraging win over Arizona. Right now, they've got a tough task ahead of them as division rival New Orleans Saints come to town. And the Buccaneers look to pick up their first set of consecutive victories this entire season. So we've got an interesting matchup for you this Sunday, and today we're going to break down everything you need to know. Here, I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Evan is still off on vacation in Florida. So joining me today is practically the third member of CFP now. You know him as Mr. Bucks Nation, our good buddy James Hill. James, how are you today, my man? Rhett, I'm doing good. Thank you again for having me on. I feel uh, honored to be the third honorary member of uh, CFP, so greatly appreciated. We're glad to have um, you, man. Thank you for you filling know, in. We really do appreciate you. Of course. I'm excited. Uh, you know, the Bucks finally got a win last week versus uh, Arizona. So, yeah, you know, finally some positive momentum after, what, a month? Absolutely. You know? Four straight losses, man. Yeah. So uh, happy. I'm happy right now. But uh, also uh, cautious, you yeah, know. Definitely. Don't want to get ahead of yourself there because I mentioned at the beginning consecutive victories, but it's not going to be any easy task because, again, we are talking about the New Orleans Saints. And the difference between this game and last game is that the Saints have Drew Brees under center once again. Right. So it'll be an interesting ball game. But let's break down some of the big things about this game. I mentioned the last time that these two met. It was a score of 31-24. to New Orleans took away the victory in Louisiana. And uh, that box score doesn't say very much because the Bucs were beat in pretty much every single aspect of that football game. Um, they're looking to change things this time around. And I think they've got a much better chance to do that. Yeah, you know, that last game, like the score is a lie of what the game was, you right. know. Uh, we were just outplayed so, so badly. Um, you know, yeah, it looks like a one-score game technically, and you can say, oh, we only lost by one score, but it was so much worse than that, you know. Um, with Teddy Bridgewater as their back, uh, you know, their backup quarterback, um, the Buccaneers just couldn't do anything, not on the defensive side of the ball, not on the offensive side of the ball, not even on special teams. Um you know, so just in every way, shape, and form, the Buccaneers were outplayed last game. So now you add in the factor of, okay, they have their Hall of Fame-level quarterback uh, back in the fold, right. and uh, things just got even more difficult than they already were. But uh, given some of the injury reports and things like that, um, things are definitely going to be different this time around. Uh, you know, yes, they have their big-time quarterback, you know, back in the fold, but they're also missing some key pieces in other areas right now, which uh, could play a big factor. Yeah, we'll break down those big key pieces, and of course, we'll talk a little bit more about Sunday's game. But before we do that, 
We've got some breaking Buccaneer news. Well, two-day-old Buccaneer news we're going to go over for you. But before we do that, i got to give a kind shout-out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. If you're watching with the video right now on YouTube or BucksReport.com, of course you can see my and James's beautiful faces, but you can see this awesome black Cannon Fire Podcast t-shirt that I'm sporting right now, and all of that is in due to our partners at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. James, you're actually... Uh, the opposite way. There yeah, you go. I, I was about to ask you, but I didn't want to interrupt your flow. <laughs> but shout out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. If you have an image for your business, they're going to make sure that it gets taken care of for you. They've been doing it in the Tampa Bay area since 2001, and it's everything you can imagine. Wide format, business cards, stickers, which we also have in stock for CFP, t-shirts, apparel, vehicle wraps, any scale, these guys can get it done for you. So make sure you check them out. Give them a call at 813-684-5444, or you can check out their website at pinecrestprinting.com. Let's talk about this Bucks breaking news. I do want to say real quick, uh, CFP's shirt design is the cleanest uh, Buccaneers content creator t-shirt design out oh, there right thanks, now. thanks, buddy. 100%. Seriously, those things look amazing. Well, if you're looking to get something just as nice... Hit up those guys I just told you about, Pinecrest Printing and Signs. There Doing you a go. great job over there. Thanks, James. Of course. Now, this Buccaneers news that we just teased and didn't deliver on for three and a half straight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, it happens. It's it happens. pretty big. The Buccaneers parted ways with a former first-round pick and a guy who, frankly, has not done anything to prove that he still needs to be here. That's Vernon Hargraves third. We talked last week about how he was benched in the first play of the second half. I think he played one or two snaps the rest of the game. Yeah. After the game, B.A. kind of said, well, he wasn't hustling enough. And uh, I said last week on the reaction show when we had our buddy Guru Speaks on here, I, I said it's a very real possibility that Vernon Hargraves could be inactive for a game or two this season. Well, guess what? The Buccaneers parted ways with him completely and cut him. And then the Houston Texans picked him up on waivers. So we'll see him again week 16. But yeah. what a way to prove a point and set a tone by the Bucks organization and most importantly head coach Bruce Arians because this isn't a Jason Light move. This is a Bruce Arians move. He said at yeah. the beginning of the year, if you can't play hard, you can't play here. And that's exactly what we're seeing. They're figuring out their guys for next year, and uh, they've got a lot of faith in those rookies in the secondary, if I do say so myself. But, yeah, VH3, no longer a buck. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people, uh, and I, I made a video talking about this uh, the day it happened, and a lot of the comments that I got and a lot of the reactions I've seen from the fan base was not surprised. And, you know, that's a lie because I think that this is surprising. I didn't uh, expect them to cut him now. Exactly, okay? If this was at the end of the season, you know, right, right before free agency or something like that, I would not have been surprised. I am surprised at the fact that it is in the middle of the season. We're only a week 10 right now. You know, we're only going to the 10th game. You know, we still got some football left, and they decided to, to cut him. That was surprising to me, especially given how much, uh, you know, snaps he's given as a starting cornerback this year. You know, they essentially just said, okay, you're one of our starting cornerbacks, and then the next day, okay, you're gone. <laughs> you know, right, so that, yeah. that you know... And uh, the fact that he goes to the Houston Texans, um, poetic, you know, um, it, because we, we play them, obviously, uh, coming up here soon. I will be at that game. Yes, I will um, definitely try and be at that one as well. Yeah, so that game has a lot more meaning to it now. Um, the Houston Texans, they've been a team who has been, you know, pillaging former high-end draft picks in the last couple of drafts. I, they traded for Garyon Conley, the 2017 first-round draft pick cornerback from the Oakland Raiders. And now they got a 2016 first-round draft pick cornerback in Vernon Hargraves. So, um, yeah, this will be interesting to see. Uh, good for Hargraves because he, you know, what went from a three and six team to I believe a seven win team, right? Right. Yeah. The uh, Houston so, Texans they've been a force these past few years. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been uh, you know he he got I guess he technically got an upgrade. But uh, what's even more interesting about this is you know the the injuries that the Buccaneers have at the cornerback position right now. I'm sure yeah. we will talk about this later on in the show. Um, 
But yeah, Hargraves is gone. Pretty surprising, given where it happened in the year. They did promote Mazzy Wilkins from the practice squad. Um, and yeah, I, I'll, I do want to go in depth a little bit more with Hargrave's stats here in a little bit and with the 2016 draft class. Yeah, um, But yeah, definitely shocking. Definitely. Um, so VH3 picked up on waivers by the Texans. And something I also wanted to kind of throw in there is I'd seen it tossed out these past few days. The Texans were, I think, 23rd on the waiver wire priority, which also yeah. leads you to believe that if the Bucks wanted to trade Vernon Hargraves before the deadline, there was simply nothing there. No. And, you know, this is a guy who was underperformed, who had higher expectations of him, especially the veteran that he was because he was the eldest in that cornerback backfield uh, correction sorry i don't know oh, go ahead i'm sorry i'm terrible uh um ryan smith was older okay How ryan smith older, like a year 26 he's he was 26 i think hargraves is 25 gotcha okay yeah. well so so technically <laughs> but VH3, when you are a first round draft pick you are yeah. expected to be at the corner position you're expected to be this many years in, a bit of a veteran presence. And Vernon Hargraves just was not that. And you look back specifically at the play that got him benched last week, he just wasn't bringing very much attitude and, and not a good leadership role um, for him to be in. He just he didn't fit, and unfortunately, no longer a buck. Well, he was bringing attitude. It just wasn't the right attitude, you right. know? He we, was bringing a bad attitude. Yeah, that's true as well. Back in OTAs, you remember the BA quote, kind of how he had made a comment about uh, his confidence when playing, his you know, his want to be here. Um, and we kind of just saw what this coaching staff ultimately saw of him. Now, it, um, I just want to say real quick was Bruce's quote after the um, release. Was this a hard decision to make? I believe Jenna Lane asked it, and Bruce just went, no. No, it wasn't. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know? So, Vernon Hargraves, pack your bags. We'll see you week 16 when the Buccaneers play Houston in Tampa. But let's talk about the game this week. And one of the big things you had mentioned was the injury report. There are some notable injuries on both teams, and it's going to lead to many of the big storylines that we're looking at for this Sunday's game. First off, the Saints are missing cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Right. And then they're missing an offensive guard, Andrus Pete, with a broken arm. Now, yeah. those are both crucial for Buccaneer success. First, you've got Marshawn Lattimore, who is going to be lined up against Mike Evans. And if you remember Mike Evans, the last time we played the Saints. Kept, kept him in check, you yeah. know. Yeah. Kept him 100. He literally he finished with zero catches yeah. for zero yards. Um, I, you I, know, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't huh? say that's entirely on Marshawn Lattimore. Right. I was just about to say, uh, you also got to factor in that they are probably doubling up Mike Evans. It's yep. probably not just a situation where it's just man-to-man Marshawn Lattimore against <laughs> Mike Evans. I guarantee you that wouldn't happen the whole game because right. Mike Evans would have gotten at least one or two. Um, but, yeah, Mike Evans was held in check last game. And with Lattimore being out, you know, arguably one of the most important defenders on his team or on the Saints team, sorry, um, that's huge. Yeah, that's it definitely huge. Definitely is. So Mike Evans and his position, you're going to expect the double team. But the way that these receivers can bite through that secondary, I want to say it'll be a little bit of an easier day for them if this offense can get humming. And we'll talk about the offense a little bit later as well, because there is more to that. Oh, yeah. When you think about the Saints secondary. But the other injury I brought up is Andrus Pete, an offensive guard, a fairly talented offensive guard for New Orleans, because this season in particular, their offensive line has really turned it up a notch. And if you remember citing the last game they played against Tampa Bay, they really got the best of the Bucks' defensive line last game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, that, that was, uh, you know, a, a big game because – or that was a big – you know, wake up moment for this defense because, you know, the pass rush that Bruce has been gushing about for weeks and weeks now, like they were just stopped dead in their tracks by the Saints offensive line. You know, Shaq Barrett couldn't do anything. Um, you know, uh, Carl Nassib couldn't do anything. Uh, it was pretty shocking, I guess, in a way, considering the production we've seen out of the Buccaneers pass rush, um, you know, and then with Andres Pete being out, uh, Vita Vea is going to have a way easier time, you would yeah. imagine, 
Uh, and Dominican Sue might have a little bit of an easier time as well. It would probably be mainly Vita Vea since that's on his side of the line. Right. Um, even William Golston, you know, can have an easier time in terms of stopping the run. Um, so that's that's another big one as well. It's a you know a chink in the armor essentially. You know, it's a, it's a um, what do you, what do you what do you call it? It's like a um, the Achilles heel. Right, you know, you know, they got this armor, but oh, there's that weak spot, you know, that you can attack. And now with Andres Pete being out, that's their weak spot. So yeah. I expect some big stuff from Vita Vea, um, who everybody has been absolutely raving about. Yeah, which what, I, I, what's up with this national attention that that boy, big number 50, is getting? It's about damn time. You know, the national attention, the the local attention, everybody's losing their mind about Vita Vea. Um and for, for good reason, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, so that he should have a way easier time now, not way easier. Cause obviously, you know, you know, it's the saints, but he should have things a little bit more in his favor in terms of winning the battle at the offensive versus defensive line. Absolutely. You're looking for those guys that have a big game. You're Vita Vea, you're in And of course, like you had mentioned, you're Will Golston. So that's a big Achilles heel for new Orleans. We'll see what the defensive line can do and if they can take advantage. Now, talking about players that the Saints recently got back, and then we'll talk about some key injuries for the Bucks as well. The Saints just got back dual threat running back Alvin Kamara from injury. And uh, given the Buccaneers' season-long dominance against the run, I assume they're going to do their job just like they did last time. They held Kamara somewhat in check, but where this guy can really hurt you is when he gets involved in the passing game. Yeah, uh, you know it, that was that was the first running back that the Bucks had faced where um, they finally struggled. You know, right? Um, and since then, things haven't been as dominant with the run defense. They've still been phenomenal. You know, they've they've bounced back and have looked pretty good against a couple of running backs. But like Kamara was the one, you know, who kind of got them a little bit. You know, in terms of like total overall yardage. And the big yeah. thing is um, him. In the receiving game, and I, you could say the same thing for Christian McCaffrey, but um, for whatever reason, you know, Alvin Kamara just made it work better um, against the Bucks. So um, Alvin it, Kamara is a luxury for the Saints offense. Oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey is Carolina's offense. <laughs> yeah, so so especially with Drew Brees coming back, you know, things are going to be even more potent. So you've got to pay even more attention, to Alvin Kamara. He's the second most important weapon on that New Orleans Saints offense besides Michael Thomas. Um, so yeah, definitely got to keep an eye on him. That's obviously Bruce's main priority is stopping the running back. And, you know, so the target is going to be set on Alvin Kamara essentially in terms of stopping him and his production. Yeah. You're going to have a big target on that guy's back and make sure they can do what they can to hold him down to, a less than impressive game is what we're hoping. But let's go over the injury report for our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You take a look at it, the most recent one released. Carl Nassib returned to practice this week. That's pretty good because he missed last week and most of the action the week before. So I'd like to see him possibly play, but I think he was limited participation. So still kind of questionable, more of a day-by-day decision. DeMar Dotson was out of practice uh, for a non-injury-related reason. Yeah, I think Bruce had said, um, this was uh, from yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe Bruce had said it was a vet day, I believe. Okay. Um, uh, I believe he said that in his press conference yesterday. So I think he should be good to go. Um, the Carl Nassib coming back, that one's good because we could always use more pass rushers. Right. Um, so, yeah, getting... I think that both those guys should be good to go on Sunday. Okay, that's good looking. But the biggest concern on this injury report overall lies within the secondary. Carlton Davis has yet to return to practice ever since his pregame injury in Seattle. I don't know what he did, but it sidelined him for coming on three weeks now. Something with his hip. Uh, It's sad for me because he's my future number one cornerback. Uh, You know, so that's upsetting. Yeah. Um, this will be his third game in a row missed, potentially, yep. you know. Uh, I, I don't know if he's 100% confirmed out, is he? No, he uh, he has not practiced as of yesterday. I'm not sure about the injury report today. I haven't seen it released yet. But right. let's assume he doesn't play. Yeah. Then you're looking at a secondary who, between all of them, has a combined two years' experience now that VH3 is gone. Right. So, if also. 
Go ahead. I would like to. I would. I would like to point out that. Um, sorry, uh, MJ Stewart with his knee. He's yeah. he's out, and they asked Bruce, and I believe he said it was an MCL sprain. He's going to be out three to four weeks. Yep, and knowing Bruce, three to four weeks is going to turn into six or seven, probably miss the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. But uh, but um, yeah, it's definitely a banged up backfield. And if Carlton Davis is unable to go, then you're going to be have to relying on rookies like Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting mainly to play outside and shut down the Saints' air attack. And I'm sure we all remember quite well the last time the Buccaneers tried to defend the Saints air attack. Michael Thomas had 11 receptions for 182 yards and two touchdowns. That was against Vernon Hargraves, not Jamel Dean in SMB. But either way, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. You know what was interesting about uh, last game against the Saints was, especially for Carlton Davis's being out, was um, Bruce had basically said that uh, in the post game that you know he was really them losing Carlton Davis early on in that game really hurt because they were going to have him match up against Michael Thomas for most of the games right. since Michael Thomas is one of the most physical wide receivers in the NFL. Carlton Davis is the Buccaneers' most physical corner. So I would not be surprised to see Jamel Dean line up against Michael Thomas given right. Jamel Dean's physicality and stuff like that. You know, he plays very similar to Carlton Davis. But um, like you just said, with Carlton Davis being out, with Vernon Hargraves now being released, um, and with MJ Stewart, I know people harp on MJ Stewart, but he's a body, you know? So, um, now the Buccaneers at their cornerback position, Rhett, they have four guys on there right now. Um, and those four guys right now are Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, who you would probably expect to play outside given the circumstances. And the other two cornerbacks that you have right now are Ryan Smith, who is, who is the <laughs> sole survivor of the still, 2016 still draft running, class. Still running after uh, Christian Kirk there. Right, and Mazzy Wilkins, who undrafted free agent from USF, just got promoted, you know, a couple, I think yesterday, <laughs> got promoted yesterday. One eye. Um, that, that's a little mean. I, I won't say that, but <laughs> that's um, what we're well, dealing with. <laughs> well, not, wait, no, Red, it's not Mazzy, Mazzy Wilkins oh, is blinded one eye. It's Kazin Daniels. Ooh, now I feel even worse. It's okay. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that, like what you just Matthew said. Wilkins is the USF guy. Okay, now I get yeah. it. I got it. Fixed my yes. mistake. You got it. Uh, the point I'm trying to make, though, is the inexperience in this group, like you said, is shockingly, you know, low in terms of their experience. Um, so that they have a tough matchup going up against a Hall of Fame level quarterback and, a, and an elite level wide receiver. So, we will see what happens, <laughs> you know? We will see. And not only that, you're going up against the New Orleans Saints as the best team in the NFC South, but also a team who just got embarrassed at home against the 1-7 Atlanta Falcons. You know, but They're going to that... be pissed off looking for a win. Isn't that kind of funny, though? You I know, know but... Like, you it know... Adds, it adds to the suspense, it adds to the drama, but I truly cannot see... I just can't see the Saints losing two division games in a row. Like, the right. type of team that they are, they're going to be ready, and they're going to do everything they have to. And we'll talk about their offense, because we were already on the topic of the Bucks' defense. Let's jump a little bit more into their offense. Right. Now, the Bucks and Saints have already met once before, which leads one person to believe that New Orleans is going to find a way to shake up its already pretty diverse offense. Sean Payton is a great offensive-minded coach, and they already do plenty to mix things up for any opposing defense. Uh, when I look at their game plan heading into this week, I'm expecting a little more of Taysom Hill. Yeah. And I'm expecting a little more of Alvin Kamara, considering that Drew Brees is great, but once you bring the pressure to Drew Brees, he's not going to be able to run away like Teddy Bridgewater did. So I'm right. expecting to, uh, Kamara to get very, very involved in those short passes. And, of course, I, I think we'll see Taysom Hill take the field uh, in quite a few different ways. And that sucks because I hate that guy. You know, from one hill to another in Taysom Hill, um, I hate him. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do. Uh, it's cool that we have the same last name. That's great. Uh, but that doesn't make me hate that he plays for the Saints any less. He is such a pain in the neck to deal with. Every time I see him on the field, I get mad. 
I get nervous because I don't know what the heck is going to happen when Taysom Hill is on the field. He is uh, a player. Last time the Bucs played the Saints, you remember every time Taysom Hill took the field on offense, there was a special defensive formation yeah. to make sure that at least two people were looking at Taysom Hill. Yeah, and that is just not fair, okay? The Saints should not have somebody like that. Like, that, that is just weird. Like, poor Taysom Hill. He's probably had to learn, like, ten different positions. But, you know, that's you know that's a lot. But, uh, you know, it, it, every time, every time he's on the field, you just wonder, oh, my God, what, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to pitch it back to Taysom Hill and then have him throw a 50-yard bomb to, like, Drew Brees or somebody? Or, like, you know, what, what's going to happen with him? So I really think that Taysom Hill, he, he, he's frustrating to a very certain degree. And, of course, Alvin Kamara with Drew Brees, you know, that's the money match. You know, that's the money pairing for the Saints. So right. th- those two guys just drive opposing defenses insane, <laughs> you know. Cannot say that enough. Right, so you're going to have to be ready for a variety-filled offensive game plan, but you also kind of look at what the Bucks are dealing with. We just talked about a really, really young secondary, um, but I'm still fairly confident in Tampa's run defense. I, I think they'll do enough to hold Kamara, and not only that, let's mention Latavius Murray, who really hit his stride this season after yeah. playing Tampa that first game. Um, dude, he, I had him on my fantasy team. He put like 30-point performances two or three weeks in a row. He really you know, found a rhythm, and once they get him involved, he really can be more than a two-dimensional runner. Do you think – does his contract expire this year, you think? Um, I actually don't know. I wish I'm, I had enough knowledge I'm, to give you a straight answer, but I, I genuinely don't know. I want to say I don't want him on the Bucks, but if his contract expires, imagine – he's going to be one of those guys who gets, like, a lot of money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to be one of those guys who gets, like, way overpaid because they did a one-year prove-it deal – uh, and he's in a great system with the Saints. So, um, yeah, it, it's Latavius Murray is like literally the perfect complement to um, Alvin Kamara. It's like they never lost Mark Ingram. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. And, and I, I think that, that is just incredible that they that the Saints can find people like that and and get literally the same exact production. You know, so that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, he he's an amazing complement to Alvin Kamara. Oh yeah. There's one key matchup that I am looking at on this defense, and then we'll flip the script. We'll talk about the Buccaneers' offense just a little bit. It's Jamel Dean and Michael Thomas. Yep. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Now, Jamel Dean faced a tough task in his first NFL start, being asked to cover the combo of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And in that game, he made some good plays, made more yep. bad plays than good game or uh, good plays, and ultimately had a bad game. Last right. week against Arizona, he played a great game. This week, he's facing receiver who pretty much busted us up yeah. last time we played. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the two players that I'll watch the most all day long. You, you know, it's it's interesting because um, – um, what was I trying to say here? Um, whenever the last game versus the Saints – when Carlton Davis went out, uh, it was mainly Vernon Hargraves versus Michael Thomas. That was just mean. Yeah, and well, because Jamel Dean wasn't ready to play yet, I believe. Right? Wasn't he? Wasn't he still out? Uh, I, I, I think so. I think he was because I think his first game back was against Seattle, right? Or no, maybe not his first game back, but his first like game playing a lot of starting snaps, I believe, was against Seattle. So, um. You know, like you said, against that game in Seattle, he had some good moments. He had four pass breakups. That's amazing. But also, he had his fair share of, you know, tough plays. And fair credit, you know, he's going up against a, you know, a MVP-level quarterback in Russell Wilson. You know, he's going to throw some nice passes on you. Um, and then, obviously, against Arizona, he was a hero, yeah. you know. Uh, he saved the day. He got the interception. He had some pass breakups. He played so much better. Um, so I think that they really are going to have Jamel Dean ex- maybe not exclusively go up against Michael Thomas, but I think we're going to see them mashed up together a lot. And it's a very similar scenario to what it was in Seattle where um, you have a Hall of Fame, you know, MVP-level quarterback throwing the ball. That's never easy. And then you have an elite wide receiver in Michael Thomas 
that is also not easy. So, again, this is another trial-by-fire kind of thing with Jamel Dean. Uh, the coaching staff trusts him. Uh, they trust him enough to where they say, Hargraves, you're out. You know, we don't need you because we like the guys we have right <laughs> now. Um, you know, and, it, you know, it, this is definitely one of the most important ones because um, it's either they pick on Jamel Dean a lot because Michael Thomas is going to win or, uh, you know, or Jamel Dean really does hold his ground and really, you know, start to chip away at that Saints offense. Right. Now, Jamel Dean covering Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a guy that you're going to have to double team. So Jamel Dean's going to get some help, maybe a little more help than he got against Seattle because that was the big gripe was by the fourth quarter. He was exhausted. If you can get him a little bit of overtop help, maybe throw him on a double team every now and again, you expect to see something a little different, but it will be something worth watching. Because oh, yeah. uh, right now the odds do not favor Jamel Dean, but you never know. Any given Sunday in the NFL, that's what I'm looking at when the Buccaneers how, are on how defense. Am, how amazing would that be if Jamel Dean just locked down Michael Thomas? Right. Zero you know catches what I mean? for zero yards. What he, a guy can dream. <laughs> everybody would just flip out. Twitter would explode. Uh, we'd be talking about it for the next year and a half. You know, it'd be great. It, it really would be something, dude. But uh, you never know. You never yeah. really know. <laughs> let's <laughs> change the topic now, and let's talk about the Bucks' offense and the New Orleans Saints' defense. Okay. Specifically, the New Orleans defense front seven. Um, they've got a perennial pro bowler, Cameron Jordan, and they are ranked 10th in the NFL in sacks per play. Now, that's what you worry about the most with the Saints team, is that front seven. Because they were able to bring the pressure last time the Buccaneers played them. Right. And they ju- it's just a good defensive unit. Like, I almost forget how good Cam Jordan is until we play him, and he's in our quarterback's face four times a game. You know, the thing I hate about Cam Jordan the most is not only is he good, but he trash talks a lot. You remember I... when Donovan Smith signed his deal? Yep. Oh, but he was like, oh, my God. Alex Okafor, get on back here. We are going to be eating good. And I was like, great, thanks, thanks. I, you know, of all the like, gee, kick a man while he's down. He had like, you know, half of Donovan, half of the Buccaneers fan base already, you know, doesn't enjoy Donovan Smith that much. And then just Cameron Jordan just piles it on, you know. Uh, so just kick a man while he's down, I guess. Um, but yeah, that. Cameron Jordan is, again, another... A lot of people on this Saints team are frustrating. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Cameron Jordan, uh, he usually lines up against DeMar Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's what uh, that is. That's you what know, that is. Now, oh, oh, no. It is a key matchup that I am looking at, though, because on offense, most importantly, I'm looking for this offensive line to really have a big day because they've right. shown us so far that when the pieces are there, everyone is starting they can play some pretty good football. And right. it'll be a big challenge because, like we yeah. said last time, this Saints defense is no joke, especially that front seven. Now, will the Bucks' offensive line be able to do it and keep Jameis Winston clean an entire game? No, he's going to get sacked once or twice. Right. But the matter is keeping it once or twice and not letting it become six in the first half. Now, we didn't exactly see that last week. And Donovan Smith. Played a great game last week. He, he looked okay. Yeah. But I agree. I agree. Gonna be, I, it's going to be a big the, test for this offensive line. Yeah, the big one for me, man, uh, you know, and all jokes aside, genuinely here, De- DeMar Dodson is, you know, kind of a concern. Uh, not just because of his blocking, which he has struggled this year. Uh, the penalties, you know, yeah. holdings, false starts, uh you know, it seems like defensive linemen have been able to get more in his head this year. Something, you know, something has been happening to where DeMar Dotson's getting more penalties this year. And it's not, you know, an insane amount, um, but it's enough to be noticeable. Um, so between that and his blocking, you know, and his age, he's lost a step, you know, all this stuff. Uh, he's going up against Cameron Jordan. So let's hope that, you know, DeMar Dotson can hold up, you know, finally have kind of a bounce back game, kind of get back into it. Alex Cap will be back. Um, that'll be great. He's a freaking warrior. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I could even see both Alex Kappa and DeMar Dotson double teaming Cameron Jordan. Um, you know, I could easily see that. Yeah. So, you know, those two guys versus Cameron Jordan, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And, and kind of looking at this offensive line as a unit, I'll say this, and then we can kind of 
talk a little bit more about the Buccaneers and what they're bringing on offense. Right. But the offensive line, I think the strength has become the interior offensive line. You've got Ryan Jensen, who has really stepped his game up, and not okay. in a sense of he's gotten better. He's just cleaned himself up. He's been yeah. a good player since he's been in Tampa. He had a good year last year. He was just sloppy. But I think ah. this year, him and Jameis Winston have developed an understanding and a relationship where he's playing cleaner football than he ever has before. And I mentioned it last week, one of my favorite things about him, he's got the mental game figured out, dude. He is I've... getting in lineman's head. Like, uh, Chandler Jones took a full swing at Ryan Jensen, who was wearing a helmet with a yeah. metal face mask. And he decided to try and punch him because he thought it would do something. That is how mad Ryan Jensen is out here getting defensive linemen. And I think as long as he can stay clean and continue to get in the heads of those other linemen, he's a great asset to that offensive line. And I think the strength starts with him, Ali Marpet, and Alex Kappa. You know, he he's definitely in opposing defensive linemen's heads. When you said the one thing that like you were super happy about last week, I honest to God thought you were going to say his red hair. Um, <laughs> I thought you were. That's up there. That's up uh, there. Um, but, but like you said, you know, he's cleaned himself up. You know, last year, everybody was talking about the penalties, you know, like he's playing good, but just clean up those penalties. Now yeah. he's done that this year. And I've seen some people go as far to say he's playing top five at his position this year. Um, I don't know if you could say top five. On the maybe bubble. You, maybe you can. I'll go I would the say, bubble. I'll go I would with say, that. I'd say easily top 10 center. He's, he's you know he's been so good you know he's been so good not just as a offensive lineman but as a leader as a guy who sets the tone for the offensive lineup for the team of hey you know we're here to piss you off you know you in the mouth yeah we're here to get get you you know and he leads guys he, he he's great ryan jensen is one of the better light free agent signings the past couple of years. I'm really happy we have him on the team. Uh, Alex Kappa, the dramatic improvement that he has made from last year to this year has been insane. You know, last year people were saying he was on Beninock levels, you know, which that's when you know. I uh, barely played. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and. For him to go from last year barely getting played, you know, to playing this year and being as good as he is, uh, really gives a testament to his development and just his overall work that he's been putting in to getting better. And then Ali Marpet, we know Ali Marpet, he's one of the best guards in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, so all three of those guys, they've really been setting the tone Um you know, for this offensive line, for this offense as a whole, you know, just like, you know, we're going to sit there, we're going to be gritty, we're we're not going to buckle, uh, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to do this, you know. So all yep. three of those guys have been playing absolutely phenomenal, um, and I'm really happy we have all three of them, not just for the rest of this year, but for the next, you know, for next year, maybe even the next two years, you know, that's a great core of three guys you have right there. Right, and then, of course, you've got Donovan Smith, the uh, highest-paid offensive lineman on the freaking team. Now, he don't get me wrong, I'm not a huge fan of D. Smith, but he did play a good game last week, and we know that he can play good football. That's the irritating part, when he gives up dumb penalties, or he just gets made to look stupid. Like last week, Chandler Jones got him beat pretty bad on a move. He, like, fell on his face. With the, uh, with the fake uh, jab? Yeah, and then guess what? And then guess what? The best part of that play, Jameis Winston got away from it through a completion down the field, but... Uh, yeah, Donovan Smith has his moments, but when he can play well, and he's going to be under pressure to play well, he can play well. Um, but yeah, you look at the interior offensive line, the pressure once again lies on those tackles. You've got Donovan Smith, who can play well, and DeMar Dotson, who can play well when his age isn't being exposed. But looking for those guys to have a good game this Sunday. Right. Now, the Buccaneers' offensive game plan was definitely more balanced last week, a little more yeah. conservative. Yeah. But what I am looking at and what I really, really want to happen this Sunday, I want to see Ronald Jones get the ball more than Peyton Barber. Because oh, yeah. this, the Buccaneers came with a much more balanced run attack last week. 11 carries for both of your running backs. And it just did not work. It, it You know, the running game was okay. Both of them had all okay days on the ground. Ronald Jones with nearly 80 yards through the air. He showed that he was valuable there. But I like when he gets more carries because he's simply more explosive. And when this run game is 
is really running, that's when this offense can work and put out the best product they possibly can. Yeah. I believe he had, uh, uh, I think, 108 total yards last week. God, I think it was more than that because he had 77. Yeah. On, uh, he had 77 through the air. Actually, you know what? Yeah, 108 yards from scrimmage, I'm pretty sure sounds right because I think he had like 35 rushing. Yeah, so um, Ronald Jones is great. You know what I mean? Isn't it crazy? When you, I, I've said this for weeks now. I say the same line, but whenever you give the guy the ball. Right, yeah. Who would have thought? Look what happens, you know. Uh, so for for Ronald, like you said, and he has he has been, I you know he the past couple of weeks he has been getting more carries. You know, Bruce had that comment where Ronald's earned more carries than everybody said. He's the one hundred percent starter, you know, uh, which you know is technically correct. But Peyton Barber is still going to get some carries, you know. Um, I think the biggest thing for me last week was Ronald Jones showed. That hey, he's really actually developing as a receiving back. Yeah, you know. Um, so the big thing that Bruce said was he's like he's working as a receiving back. He's doing good as a running back. He just needs to work on his pass blocking, and then essentially he'll have the green light to be the three down back. You know. Um, so that's what I think they're just everybody's waiting on that. You know, the coaching staff, the fans. Uh, so he's almost there. You know. Um, but and yeah. No I, dis- I, no disrespect to Peyton Barber either, because when you give Peyton Barber 20 or 25 carries a game, I feel like he is going to bring something to the table. He had his oh, yeah. moments last week. He had a big 17-yard run that broke out. He had the game-winning touchdown yeah. with the Bucks, uh up six points with a few minutes left to go. You know, he can bring something to the table, but when you're comparing the two of them as a pure running back who's getting 20 carries a game... Ronald Jones just brings more to the table. He's more explosive, and I, I think he gives us the best chance to get that run game really going because last time Jameis Winston had a 1,000-yard rusher behind him, it was Doug Martin, and uh, the Bucks went 9-7 and seven that year. So I think doesn't, the run game is fairly important. Doesn't that feel like a 1,000 years ago? That's insane. It, it, it kind of is because you think about how recently Doug Martin was on this football team. It feels yeah. like he's been gone for five or six years. It, it does. He has only been gone for two years, I think. Three? Three years? Yeah, I think around. three years. Yeah, so it's it's weird. It, it feels insane. Um, but, yeah, Ronald Jones, um, you know, if he gets going, that's such a big help to Jameis Winston um, in such a big way. So, yeah, got to get Ronald Jones going early and often, not just for this upcoming game, but for every game that's left, you know? So, yeah, yeah should be good. You really want to give him that confidence heading into next season. Giving him more carries in the second half is going to allow him to do that. But I want to see him get more involved. Right. Talked a little about uh, about the, 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 the talked a little bit about the Buccaneers' offense. Kind of laid out everything there. Didn't really get into the pass attack because something very important has to do with the pass attack, and it's on this week's weekly checklist. Mm-hmm. So James, if you're ready. I'm ready. Let's break down this weekly checklist. So if you guys don't know, the weekly checklist is something we do every single week on the game preview episode. I give you three bullet points that the Buccaneers are really going to need to focus on if they want to win this game this week against the Saints. So let's get right into it. First thing on the checklist has to do with the Buccaneers offense. Has to do with a big, crucial part of the Buccaneers receiving core when he gets thrown the ball. And that's big number 80, O.J. Howard. Uh, if you want to beat the Saints, you got to get O.J. more involved. He had a touchdown last week, finished with around 50 yards receiving, I think on four receptions. He's shown that he can catch the ball and be that athlete we want him to be. But if you're yeah. going to want to beat this New Orleans defense, you're going to have to come with any and all mismatches you have because they've been watching the film. It's a division game. They've got you figured out. They can't game plan for O.J. Howard because he hasn't really done anything against them at all this year. <laughs> Joke's on you. We didn't <laughs> use him, so, you know, you are, you're not even ready. <laughs> Got to get O.J. Howard more involved, and I think if they can do that by getting the ball into his hands at least eight to ten times, I think yeah. he'll have a big day, and I oh, think yeah. it can lead to some potential points on the board for our pewter pirates. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, yesterday, or last week, you know, uh, Seeing him get that touchdown brought a tear to my eye. You know, I, I thought, oh, he's back, you know. Um, and then seeing him, you know, put up a, a decent sound line, nothing crazy, 
you know, nothing we've seen from O.J. Howard like big games in the past, but yeah. it was a start, you know. It was a start. It continues to build that chemistry back with Jameis Winston, kind of get more comfortable again with him. Um, so, yeah, with O.J. Howard, man, he's just another big-time weapon, and depend, you know how the Saints are. They, they'll do everything they can to stop Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. That's when you throw to O.J. Howard. Um, and at the end hope- of the day, with Marshawn Lattimore missing on that defense for New Orleans, Mike Evans is still going to be Mike Evans. Chris yeah. Godwin, if given the chance, is still going to be Chris Godwin. Your wide receiver three situation is still up in the air because somehow Rashad Perryman is still on the team. Yeah. So O.J. Howard can fill that gap, and he can just bring another dimension to this offensive game plan like we've seen so many times in the past. But you want to start building his confidence because, like you said, you got to build that chemistry be- uh, between him and Jameis. But I think a lot of the problems with O.J. this first half of the season – was just confidence. The confidence was not there because he wasn't utilized in this offense the way that he normally has been. And of course, when you're not being used, that's going to give any player a lack of confidence. So I think if you right. want to keep him confident, keep him involved, just throw the ball to him. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. Um, yeah, he, he is building up that confidence now. He had that touchdown. He had those few catches, some nice yardage. Um, it's going to be interesting. Do you think, uh, just moving real quick to Mike Evans, do you think that... Um, He's going to, uh, what was it? He, he, I know he's in line for some kind of record. 72 it... yards away from being the sixth Sec- player to start his uh, to start his career with, what is it, six straight 1,000-yard seasons? What, was he the sixth or the second? I think it was him. There was, there was one stat with him. It's just him and Randy Moss, and that's Ooh. it. Ooh. I, think, I think that's the most consecutive or the the, the – yeah, the most consecutive seasons with a thousand receiving yards, yeah, something like that. That's like what six. It is. That's yeah, what it is. It's like He's it, seventy-two it, yards away from hitting a thousand yards on the season, and he would be the second to start his career with six consecutive thousand-yard seasons. Mike, right? You can say what you want about Michael Thomas. Yes, he has more receiving yards in the NFL. He's actually number one. Mike Evans is number two. Yeah. Mike Evans is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, and nobody can tell me any different. Yeah, and then also he he Mike Evans is I believe a hundred something yards away from being the youngest wide receiver to hit seven thousand receiving yards in the NFL that history. It was yeah, yeah. So those are the two things, and it's like okay, you know, this is nothing <laughs> new to us. You know, uh, it's just going to be another notch in his Hall of Fame career at this point. You know, yeah, really. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I hope he gets there this game. I think he can. I think there's a really, really good chance because, like we mentioned, Lattimore is out. I think the guy that's going to be covering him is it – what's his name? P.J. Williams? Yes. P.J. Williams is really going to be that key matchup for Mike Evans. And, yeah, you expect a double, triple team every now and again. They'll probably do what they did last time to get out there, get their best guys in front of them, and try to clamp down. But knowing Mike, I just don't think he's going to let that happen against New Orleans, especially two games in a row. Yeah, so I'm I... expecting a big game. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I really, I just want him to, it'd be poetic, you know, right. yeah. it'd be poetic. Break for him the to break record it. against the team that held him to zero catches. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, you love to see it. But all of that starts with getting OJ Howard more involved. You preach about wanting to bring a more balanced offense. That's the way to do it, B.A. and Byron Leftwich. Get big number 80 involved. He'll give you results that you like to see. Next yeah. on the weekly checklist has to focus with the defensive side of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do not be scared to blitz Drew Brees. We know that Todd Bowles likes blitzing. Yeah. But I Todd. think they're really going to have to bust it out to really get to Drew Brees because he's not as agile as any of the quarterbacks we faced these past three weeks. He's a hell of a thrower, and he can get the ball out of the pocket as quickly as he needs to. But if you can bring the pressure, bring the blitz, and hit him a few times, that's the best way to slowing him down. So... Don't be afraid to uh, don't be afraid to blitz Drew Brees. Oh no, not at all. Uh, you know Todd Todd does it. He blitzes so much. You know <laughs> he a lot. he does he does. And with Shaq Barrett, Carl Nassib, JPP, uh, and Dominican Sue Vita Vea, you have the guys there, and you've got to get pressure on Drew Brees to throw him off. And even then, you might not throw him off. Right. But you've got to at least try. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, you got to get pressure on Breeze. That starts with blitzing. Shaq Barrett, I really want to get him going. Um, I want to see him get going. You know, just keep on, break, you know, notching up the sacks. I want to see him break Sapp's record of 16 and a half sacks in a season. I think yeah. he can do it. 
I think he can. Um, so yeah, I to, he'll. If I think he's gonna make it happen, he'll have to have one more multi sack game this year. Right, I agree with that. So yeah, yeah man, I, I agree. You gotta blitz freeze. You yeah. have to take you advantage to. of an offensive line that's missing a key offensive guard. We talked about that earlier. You just gotta take advantage. Don't be scared to blitz. You really want to see it happen. Um, Vita Vea. Yeah, Vita you know, Vea. That boy Vita Vea. Is quick. Yeah. And I, I don't get the argument. I've seen other people make this point, but I don't get the argument that Vita Vea is not a good pass rusher. No, There's I don't. people trying to say that he's this one-dimensional run-stuffer defensive tackle, and he is athletic enough to get to the quarterback. He is fast, dude. Yeah. You know he's... what? I'll, I'll go out there and say this. I'm a... Bold prediction this week, I think Vita Vea gets a sack. We talked about how he's going to take advantage of that offensive guard position if he's lined up right there. I think he busts right through first quarter, gets a sack. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, that would not surprise me at all. I mean, the dude, not only is he fast, Jesus, he's strong, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I expect him to do phenomenal as well. I want to see him get lined up at tight end again this week, too. That was a lot of fun. I wish he freaking took out three guys, <laughs> you know. That was crazy. He was getting some love on Good Morning Football. We talked about the national attention, but... Yeah, don't be scared to blitz Drew Brees, and even if you're not blitzing, keep an eye on Vita Vea because he's going to take advantage right there. I'm expecting a sack. Let's hope he delivers. Yeah. Last thing on the weekly checklist also has to do with the defense, and uh, it's kind of a similar point. Maybe you can take him out with the blitz. Maybe you can just meet him at the line, but you got to take away Alvin Kamara. Yeah. With any good offense, it starts with your run. <laughs> yeah. And if you take away Alvin Kamara, you can try your best to make the Saints offense two-dimensional because I say they're three-dimensional because they've got Taysom freaking Hill in the huddle. I, you know. But I, if you can take away Alvin Kamara, it's just that much more that you can try and take advantage of because if Drew Brees is forced to throw the ball all day, he might throw for 500 yards, but he also might throw for an interception. <laughs> yeah. You never really know. You know, uh, Levante David, Devin White. They they got to be on their A game, yeah. And they ha they have been, you know, they have been. Um, so they just this is another test for them. Levante David's one of the best in the business. Devin White, how about Devin White? The last yeah. couple of games, he's you know, he's there. he's coming alive, you know. Um, so I really expect him to both those guys to be like the main patrol for Alvin Kamara, essentially, you know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you've got to stop him. Arguably the most important guy on that New Orleans Saints offense, Drew Brees, you know. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, given Drew Brees' age and, you know, he's not the same guy he used to be like four or five years ago, you could argue Alvin Kamara is the most important guy. Yeah. So, you know, I, it all starts with him 100%. You know, yeah. you've got to stop him, Levante, David, Devin White, you know. And looking at the box defense as a whole, doing all of these things, Blitzing Drew Brees when you're able to blitz him, trying to bring the pressure and taking away Alvin Kamara. All of that goes into effect of helping the younger guys behind you because if that front seven can have a good day and take the load off of the secondary a little bit, then that's going to be huge because if there's any day that they need to come up big and get some relief for their secondary, it's going to be this week because you got a combined three months experience back there. <laughs> yeah you know oh man it'll be okay i promise james, i i i can't promise that james it'll... do you have anything you want to add to the weekly checklist my friend um you know i think we covered everything man i think we got everything pretty much set in stone covered um so too you know yeah that's kind of the keys to winning the game uh special teams continue to be great how about bradley pinion how By about Bradley Pinion, the people's champion? You know Two. what? Let's learn these people a little something because we've never gotten a full chance to explain why Bradley Pinion, number eight, punter for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is the people's champion. People don't know. He, they, they don't. They Bradley do not. knows. It, Bradley knows. He, he, he likes our tweets. <laughs> so he knows he knows so the um, reason that me and james call bradley pinion the people's champion maybe i'll send this to him so he knows for sure hmm. at training camp earlier this season practice had ended the players were on the other side of the field signing autographs for the uh, people who had their on-field passes the crew members things like that 
And then you've got the general attendant standing over behind the barricade on the other side of the field. And everybody's cheering, everybody's calling for players to come over and get their autograph, and who's the first guy you see coming? Bradley Pinion. And the crowd erupts as he waves, and he jogs over, and he signs every last damn autograph there. He is a man of the people, and he is the people's champion. He is. He came in socks, too. Yes. Yes, he did. He did. He came in socks. Um, so that, that was incredible, man. That was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. Um, here, hold on one second, Rhett. No, I'm, having a, I'm having a problem with my webcam here. Oh, no, you, you're coming in fine. There you go. Okay. Yeah, hold on. Just give me a second here. All right, no worries. But, yes, Bradley Pinion, the people's champion. Uh, he did have a great game against Arizona. And another thing he's doing as well, every punt this year, every punt this year that lands behind the 10-yard line, He's uh, him and his girlfriend are committing to saving a dog in the Hillsborough County Pinellas area, I believe. Right. They saved two of them. Yes, they saved two of them because Bradley Pinion is one of the best punters in the NFL. Not only is the uh, the people's champion, he is the dog champion as well. He is how he's a people's champ. He's an animal champion. He, come on now. Come on. The guy comes. It. He comes over, signs autographs in his socks. He's the only player coming over. He was. Yeah, he was the only player that came over for a little while. And then you had, like, the rookies come up behind him. In in the beaten sun, you know, in in the the, uh, July-August heat, you know, I I could – you got to stop me. I could gush for hours. Oh, I know. He likes our our tweets about him. (laughs) We have a video of him. I followed him all the way up to Pittsburgh for the preseason game. And he was standing on the sideline with the special teams. And I said, hey, Bradley. And he turned around. I said, people's champ. And he just turned back around. You know, yeah, that that's an ongoing theme for us. He never yes. reacts to the people's champ he line. Doesn't. We we never. had a whole video. We took a whole video of a meet and greet at another training camp day. It was you, your other friend who's also named James. Right. And I got both of you guys to take a picture and I did a Bradley. little video. I said, All right guys, say people's champ and then nobody said anything. I uh I don't remember if you sent it to me or I just I just recently saw it. I can't remember what it was. But I just remember <laughs> I posted it on Twitter. That's what it was. And I saw it, and I, I forgot how funny it was when you went, all right, guys, say people's champ, and nobody moved. Nobody, nobody said anything. anything. It was, oh, it's so funny. Just At least not- he knows. And ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know before, now you do, that Bradley Pinion is the people's champ. And if you want to go about saying that, let everybody know that you heard it here first. CFP and, of course, Mr. Bucks Nation, Bradley right. Pinion, the people's champ. Maybe we'll get him on the show one day. Could, oh my gosh! Could you imagine? Wouldn't oh, could you? Something? Could you imagine, Bradley? <laughs> I'd cry. That'd be the best uh, piece of Buccaneers content that anybody's made in. That'd be ever. fantastic. I'm pretty sure he has a "What's Cooking" episode with uh, Mark Cook over at Pewdie Report. So if you want to check that out, do just that. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Whether it was video, uh, whether it was with video on Bucks Report or youtube.com thank you to our buddy james hill mr bucks nation for filling in james how can people check out your great buccaneer content and get a hold of you on social media so on twitter instagram youtube it's all mr bucks nation that's where you can find me post about videos about tampa bay buccaneers much like what we you know what is done here at uh cfp you know uh just talk about the bucks it's great it's fun um you know on twitter very active on there um and you know talking mainly tweeting about the people's champ so (laughs) you you know it's it's great it's great Rhett thank you for having me on yet again every time I come on here I love it more and more um and it's it's always a delight so again thank thank you for having me on man thank you for filling in brother you are very very reliable in that sense and of course we appreciate you so go check out James's channel and also follow Cannon Fire Podcast on social media we are on Facebook Instagram and Twitter all of those are Cannon Fire Podcast if you search it up you will find us. You can also follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I promise I'll follow you back. Before we get out of here, I have to give one more shout to our great sponsor, Pinecrest Printing and Signs. These guys have been killing it in the Tampa Bay area since 2001. As we talked about earlier, they are single-handedly responsible for the great merchandise that is available for you 
from CFP. You can also check out that merchandise if you're interested in buying any. Send us an email, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com, or you can message the page on any of our social outlets at cannonfirepodcast. For all of those, just message us, say you're interested in buying a shirt, and I'll walk you through the process. It's not that hard, and I promise I'll mail it to you. It comes in a really, really pretty bag, and any shirt comes with some stickers. All courtesy of our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. They will hook you up if you have an image for your business. Vehicle wraps, apparel, business cards, wide format, anything you need, they have got it under wraps. Pun intended. <laughs> so thank you to Pinecrest Printing and Signs, and thank you to everyone for tuning into this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Buccaneers face a tough task against New Orleans this Sunday. They're in Raymond James. They always seem to do pretty well against the Saints. We'll see if they can continue that trend this week. I am Rhett, signing off for James, and we'll catch you guys next time. Go Bucks! Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.